download the Sacktown Sports app and listen to Whitey and Watkins on your smartphone. Well, now that we have you back, we've lost Watkins. Chris Watkins, Whitey Gleason. <laughs> and he's checking out a new, uh, was it CBS Sports CBS list Sports, of the top yeah. 100 NBA players, and he's not happy about it. And yeah. he's, he's, he's This checking game out. has an asterisk on it. <laughs> he's... He's checked out of the program at least for the for the short term. Was that obvious that I just checked? Because like I really did. Like I was in my head for a minute, like really contemplating oh, yeah. this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess you probably know what it looks like when I check out at this point, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean it's just the CBS list I was talking about. Jason uh, Jason Ross brought it to just our bring attention. Bring your key earlier. to the office, Mister Watkins. <laughs> uh, looking at this list of the top 100 players uh, ranked by CBS.com. I, the fact that Malik Monk is not listed is I you know when Jason first said it I was like yeah that's like that's not right that doesn't make much sense to me a hundred like Malik's definitely one of the best one hundred players and now that I'm looking at the list and actually seeing the individuals put in front of Malik Monk I'm I'm furious <laughs> like I really am a lot more upset than what I thought uh, just gonna go quickly through some of the names grant williams number 100 i mean malik is better than grant williams contavious caldwell pope is 99 bruce brown 98 markel fultz is 96 like you know mike conley's 91 jalen green is 89 manuel quickly's 88 even kevin herter's 87 uh, Jaden mcdaniel's 83 devin Vassell 82 Tobias Harris at 80, Nick Claxton 79. Like who, who wrote this? That's what I'm I'm let me see who know? wrote this. Uh this is from Brad Botkin. Don't trust him. Brad Botkin. Don't don't trust your man because Malik Monk is just I would probably put him around there. 70, I said 79 is Nick Claxton, 78 is Tyler Hero. That's around where I would put Malik Monk. That feels about fine. It's Jeremy Grant at 77, Aiton at 76. So that feels like a better place to put him, but it's just it's absurd to me that he's not put in at least in, you in said front of Markel Fultz, right? Mo- you Ka- said that. Markel Fultz that. is number ninety six on this list. So you know, even if he's not where I say he should be, he should at least be in the ninety five, ninety four range. He's that's just, better than yeah, Markel that's Fultz. Just factually and demonstrably wrong. It is. I mean, there's there's not really much of much defense that you can have like Markel Fultz is a fun story it's fine he still hasn't been able to put you know like 70 games together in a season but it you know he's a fun story it's a comeback he's not better than Malik Monk he's just not and you know I'm seeing Jordan Poole's 93 you can maybe argue Jordan Poole's a little bit too low on that list but you know guys like Mike Conley at 91 I it's just absurd to me that Malik is is getting disrespected like that. And even Keegan, like Keegan deserves to be somewhere in the 90s on this list. He had a fantastic rookie season. If you're going to put Jabari Smith at 92, who pretty much was incredibly unspectacular his entire rookie season and showed some flashes in summer league, like you got to include Keegan Murray on your list. I understand why you're getting upset. And I'm just, it's so, some of these things are so iffy. I'm trying not to care. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm trying to look at yes. it and go, well, I, there's no reason to waste energy on it because it's just that dumb. It's like a bleacher but report I understand article. what you're saying. Yeah, it is. No, I, I completely agree. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't hear about this list until Jason brought it up to us in the crosstalk. But, uh, yeah, I think that's I think what you just said is the, uh, the sane thing to do, and I'm going to try and practice that. So uh, let's just forget that this list exists. How about that? Because mm-hmm. this is ridiculous. So I mean, Keegan's 26? 
26, I believe. Uh, I think he said, is that a king? Let's see here. 26 is Zion Williamson. So we've got uh, Keegan's not in the top 100, and he, neither is Malik Monk, right? Neither is Malik Monk. Yeah, no, nope. but Keegan Kevin Herter Malik, is. Kevin is at 80, 87. Kevin Herter's at 87. I believe Jason said that De'Aaron's at 19. Dear Mr. Botkin. Yes. We very much <laughs> very much disagree with your list. The Demonis Sabonis is at number 34, sandwiched between James Harden and Kyrie Irving. We know that the Kings play many games in the Pacific time zone so that they're on very late where you are, yeah. and it's probably inconvenient yes. for you to watch their games. Yeah. But watch a Kings game for once in your life. Or just a basketball game in general because Draymond <laughs> Green is number 30. Uh, okay. He can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> Draymond somehow after last season rose up four spots. He was number 34 in last year's ranking. He's now number 30. So according to Mr. Brian Potkin, Draymond Green uh, had showed improvement last year. So. You weren't even looking at the basket! It's <laughs> <laughs> the first I time I've gotten to use that. You know, that's that's the other thing. Some of these lists, they're just designed to make people angry yeah. because there's little things in there that they know are wrong. Mission accomplished. I'm not playing! Mission accomplished. I think... Uh, I Botkin, brah. Yeah. Uh, you're not getting me. Mr. Botkin, I'm sorry. Uh, nice this try, Mr. Botkin. Not getting me. Not getting me here. I'm sorry. He got you a little bit. He did get me I, a little I bit. I said, as your mean, friend, I got your back. Yeah. Even Kevin Durant at number five, like us. Number five? Number five, Kevin Durant. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, number nine. Okay. LeBron James, 12. Is there anything in there about, and I have to do <laughs> Is there anything about, well, these ratings are actually not based on what you think they are, but instead they're based on blah, 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 I blah, hope. Blah. I hope that this is just vibes. This okay. is actually off of vibes, and uh, it's just kind of how I feel about the dudes. <laughs> okay. The dudes being bros, you know? Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. This is, uh, to be clear, a future. Okay, so this is, to be clear, a futures post. These aren't based on past performances or career accomplishments. It's our staff's average rating of the top 100 players in the NBA based on how we see them performing this upcoming season. Win by what? That's, yeah, that's why they have win by, yada, win by win what by in what? there, and they have win by who? Uh, Scoot win in by there. Yaya. Scoot is 97. I have not found Wimba who yet. Uh, let's see. Here. I thought Emil said he was in there. Uh, I, I see Chet Holmgren at 68. Yeah. All right. That's fun. Good for you. Is it fun? This doesn't feel fun. Is this compelling? Is being it compelling? Sarcastic. Victor Wimbanyama, 58. Yeah. So. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Enough of this. Here's I mean, a number for you. Your are out of control. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Here's a number for you. 42. As in 42 million. As in 42 million dollars. And for all the things about the 49ers right now that would be daunting for other teams, that's got to be the scariest number because that's how much room the 49ers have under the salary cap right now so that if they decide, you know, Colt McKivitz, or if, heaven forbid, somebody gets hurt, they can go out and seek a replacement with $42 million to work with. It's got to be the most in the NFL, right, you said? Yeah, I believe it is. I would hope so. I mean, I would definitely hope so. That's an absurd amount of money. And Even like, after paying uh, Bosa, Bosa, right? and they do all the restructuring, Incredible. which involved the payouts of a lot of upfront money, right, guaranteed which money. a lot of owners wouldn't do. Jed mm-hmm. York did it, and here they are. 
It's incredible. I mean, yeah, they've really put themselves in a position to where, you know, yeah, we've been talking a lot about how it seems like the only thing that could possibly derail the 49ers is if they go through some catastrophic injury. But this is a great insurance policy for that. I mean, with $42 million, you can pretty much bring in anybody, which is insane to say when you're a team that has probably the, the best top-end skill players in the NFL and then you have so many, you know, you got Fred Warner, you got Nick Bosa, you've got the just in general the defensive line that you do. It's a fantastic job by, by mm-hmm. you know, by uh, uh, John Lynch and, and all the, the front office to, to be able to clear up that much money. Like, you can seriously bring in anybody with that kind of money. It just speaks to me of how they, and they being Lynch and Shanahan, they have learned from the past. They've come so yeah. close. And then last year and in previous years with the injuries, it's like, well, what can we do about that? What if that happens again? Right. Here's an idea. Yeah. You know, yesterday uh, we had – uh, Chris Biederman on, and he was talking about how, you know, in theory, they could go out and get Tristan Wirfs yeah, from Tampa Bay. Totally. Uh, and today, Tim Kawakami in The Athletic said the same thing. And he also compared where the 49ers are right now with this cap space to an NBA team that, you know, come deadline time, has so much cap space, they're able to say, all right, we will take this guy. Right. And to make it worth your while, we will also take a bad contract yeah. off your hands. They have that much cap room that's that that's a reasonable option for them yeah i mean in emil when i i hosted with emil on friday he mentioned like if the 49ers really wanted to just have an embarrassment of riches and go out and even you know not even for health reasons but just go out and and flex and bring in a guy like brian burns or something like to just really make that defensive line insane you know there there's so many different things that they can do and it's just it's a great position to be in for a team that already is in uh, such fantastic position right now. Like they can go and make another Christian McCaffrey type yes, move. Where they, don't you think they learned from that? Too? Yes. It's like whoa, it was a, a little risky, multiplier. but man, did that yeah. make a difference for us? Yeah, absolutely. It was one of those moves that yes, it was good for acquiring the player, but it was also great because of everything else that it unlocked for that team and. Yeah, I mean, they can go out and get another receiver. They can, yeah, I mean, the the most sensible thing to do, I think, would to be, would be to bring in somebody on the right side of that offensive line. But, I mean, the the world is is pretty much their oyster, and I mean, all they have to do is sit back and let the season play out to really determine what the biggest need is. There are so many things that you obviously cannot control, yeah. but all of the things that you can, they're <laughs> doing everything they they're can up to make sure they got a handle on it. It's really imp- – I mean, yeah, and it's crazy that, you know, we might look back on on the season if the Niners are hoisting that Lombardi trophy and say, like, just pretty much that, just how much they prepared themselves for all possible situations to go wrong, starting off with bringing in four quarterbacks and, you know, just, just – all of everything that is now available to them with this cap space. I mean, it's 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 really impressive how they're how they're preparing for this season. Now, did you hear the complaint from any 49er fan Sunday? I saw some of it. I think even Carmichael Dave uh, was one of the 49er fans complaining on social media about how long the starters were in. Did you see any yeah, of that? I, yeah. did. I saw some of it. Yeah. yeah. So why does Shanahan leave his starters in so long? 49er fans, remember why. We'll tell you why next year. Whitey and Watkins on Sacktown Sports. At your desk, on your phone, in the car. Whitey and Watkins on Sacktown Sports. Well, now, Chris Watkins, you got me checking out one of these stupid lists. <laughs> What do we learn? This is I know. This is 33rd team week two quarterback power rankings okay. ranked by Derek Klassen. Okay. Power rankings, by the way, 
um, especially when it comes to team power rankings, they have standings. You, <laughs> you, go, you go on the internet or in the old days, the paper, and you can see who has the most wins. Yeah. And that's typically the better team. Yep. It's really that simple. So here I go. Here uh, you go. Shame on me. Put on your clown makeup. Quarterback power rankings. Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, Herbert, Burrow, Lawrence, Prescott, Stafford, Hertz, Smith, Cousins. Is it Geno Smith? Uh-huh. Okay. He's 10th. Tua, Tannehill, 13. Russ, 14. Mac Jones, 15. Goff, 16. Daniel Jones, Carr, Love, Pickett, Garoppolo, Fields, Purdy, 23rd. And he rose in that list, too. They've got a nice little upwards arrow for him, saying that That's apparently right. he was before that. <sighs> or he was he was even lower before that. Uh-huh. I mean, this is ridiculous. I don't even know where to start with this. Like, I'm sorry. I'm ashamed of myself for bringing it up. Yeah, but what did we just... We literally just went through this. Banging that around in the first. I was like, I don't even know what this is. But there was yeah. so much. It was like, what? Oh, come on. Yeah, I don't, how about starting with... I don't understand how Geno Smith is, again, another person who's on the up and up when he... And Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins, as a matter of fact, all had terrible weeks. And uh, they moved up in this power ranking somehow. Tua somehow didn't jump over Kirk. Like, all of these guys. Tua had 450 yards passing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still at number I told you 12. I watched some of that game again last night. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, this is. And I watched ridiculous. the Giants and the Guardians. How'd that go? Um, fine if you're a Guardians fan. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like the. It just. It doesn't feel like the Giants' wild card hopes are legitimate. They're hanging on, but the thing is, you know, now the wild card, it's like, you know, it used to be you're, it's late in the season in baseball and you're trying to win the pennant. Yeah. So you can get into the World Series or the playoffs. And now it's like you're trying to be one of the six best teams yeah. <laughs> in the league. And it just doesn't have the same cachet. Right. Yeah. You want your team to be in the postseason, obviously. Yeah. But you're fighting it out for other teams that aren't really that good. And it's just right. not the same. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, yeah. It just doesn't realistically feel like if you sneak into that last wild card, too, that you have a legitimate shot of winning. Like, you know, there was always the hope of, in baseball, you just kind of get in, you got to be hot at the right time, and then anything can happen. But And the Giants proved that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It just feels, I mean, maybe it's more just specifically this Giants team. It just doesn't feel like there's any wind behind their wings right now. It just feels like they're, they're sputtering into the uh, the end of the season. By the way, speaking of baseball, real quick here, yeah. and we'll get to the 49ers and why they uh, leave their starters in. This caught my eye. You know, Ronald Acuna is incredible. Yes, ridiculous. And, By the way, uh, I saw uh, Matt Olson yesterday, 51 home yes, runs. Yes, yes. Thanks, John Fisher. And I believe this was the same game. Acuna hit his, was it his 37th home run? Wow. Uh, and then he, rounding first, he did wings. <laughs> and then rounding third, I think it was, he did ice in his veins. And then he okay. did like shivering, like, ooh, <laughs> he ice He just had veins. a different celebration for each <laughs> base he touched. <laughs> yeah. And the manager of the Phillies, Rob Thompson, and that's not the guy that used to play for the Giants, he was on a radio appearance today, and he said, I like our guys, to, and he doesn't talk that way, but <laughs> I like our guys to act like they've been there before. And it's interesting because more and more, I think that's becoming accepted. So that's what really stood out is, whoa, people are still saying that in this day and age. Yeah. It was a 1-1 one, one like game. Been there I think before. he tied it. Yeah. You know, so it's not like he was you know, showing up the other right. team. Right, it wasn't 17-4 to four or something, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, that's always the, the get-off-my-lawn kind of response there, and uh, it, it is surprising. I remember people used to say that about, yeah, people dancing in the end zone. It's like, oh, I remember my first touchdown, or, you know, act like you, I just wish people would act like they've been there before. And it's like, 
it's just missing the point. Like yeah. I think nowadays, especially, it's just like baseball is is kind of really encouraged all the bat flips and all the celebration. To be honest, I used to be one of those people in baseball. For sure. yeah, yeah, I used to, and I realized okay, that's the way the game is now, and it's yeah. cool. And as long as everybody's on board with it, yeah, yeah it's not disrespectful. I don't think so. Like, I mean, I'm going to do it. There's and then a line. When you do it, you can do yeah, it. Yeah, there's definitely a line for sure. But I think for the most part, especially at the professional level, like, I mean, everybody, like, I don't think anybody's really showing anyone up. And like, you know, it's it's just, I think it's all in an effort to have fun. Mm-hmm. And like, as long as it stays fun, like, which baseball desperately needs, I think it's just, it's just funny to me. I mean, I'm not surprised that it still exists in baseball, but it's just funny to me that it still comes up. Yeah, good for the players, and that's hard to do what they've done. Good yeah. for them for celebrating. Right. I think I've mentioned this before, but if you ever end up watching, and you have better things to do than this, Chris, but if you ever end up watching an old like World Series film from sure. you know, like the 60s or something, and they win the World Series, and the players are like, <laughs> good job. And they're hardly even excited. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of high f- and that, yeah, high way to go! And they're like yeah. embarrassed because they <laughs> they know they have to go to their uh, steel worker job. their other job afterwards. <laughs> right, I gotta go sell cars tomorrow. Man, I'm already losing money yeah. because I got to the World Series. <laughs> we'll go. Let's go have a few beers. Yeah. What are you Season's crazy? Over. I gotta work full tomorrow. time now. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't stop them. But yeah. yeah, so good for them. All yeah, of them. absolutely. I mean, yeah, celebrate and go crazy. And I think it's just it's good for the game of baseball. Like the Savannah Bananas are probably like the the most entertaining baseball right. product it's a reminder, there is right now. like you said it's a reminder that guess what baseball's fun yeah it, it can doesn't be. always look like it did you see it was maybe like a couple weeks ago like one of the savannah bananas went behind his back and like dribbled it on the dirt caught it in his glove and then threw somebody out at first i did not see that. the jason incredible. williams of baseball it really was, was like, that when they were here was, no i don't think so it was yeah, maybe very like recent. a week or two after they were here it was incredible and i mean it was one of those things where it was like it felt like i just seen an alley-oop for the first time i was mm-hmm. like can you do that like i didn't even know that that was in the physics of the game that you could dribble the ball and still make an it just and if that uh, happened on sunday night football sunday night football sunday night baseball how many bro, people would just be losing their be minds insane. at that it would be insane it would be like it would be a highlight shown forever like i remember i mean the other way of you can't do that oh. <laughs> during a baseball game that's true. That like if one, yeah, I mean if somebody did it, it would be you can't do it that. It literally would be like how how dare you show up everybody and like why don't you just make the simple play? It's a routine out. Keep it routine. Do you have you ever seen I'm sure you have. You see a guy, he has the ball in his glove. Yeah. And then he ends up to save time like flipping yeah, it just flipping without it ever grabbing it with his bare hand. Yeah. I the think Brandon I remember Phillips. the first time I ever saw somebody do that. Yeah. And I was like what did he just do? <laughs> and now, guys, you know, they see it. Oh, yeah. And right. Now you guys go between do it, the legs now. so good yeah. at it. It's almost like they practice it like like it's a drill or it's something. It's incredible. It's incredible. To me, that's like that and like just bare hand and jet. Like either one of those two, it's just every time I see it, I'm like, that was sick. Like mm-hmm. that just looks cool and looks like it's a, you know, it's style, but it's also like level of difficulty is definitely increased. Two things in sports that I think are way more difficult than anybody realizes unless you've done it. And they're very similar. One is catching a pop-up, like a major league sure, pop-up. Sure, yeah, like tracking it and, and everything. And, yeah. yeah, and that's why you see guys spinning. Yep. And yeah, and the other one is uh, catching a punt. I think I've mentioned that. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah that looks very easy, yeah. but it's not very easy. Right, especially if you don't have the pre-knowledge of like how far to stand back or anything. If you're just like, 
Okay, I'm gonna kick it. You go to where you think I can kick it, and then try and catch. Like yeah. that's and then you to try and in. track. Same thing. Catch? End like, over end, so it kind yeah. of goes further. That guy's than trying you think. to kill me. Do I? That's yeah. another thing. Yeah. Every <laughs> it still shocks me every time somebody doesn't just call fair catch mm-hmm. because uh, yeah, that's you, you're asking for it. You're gonna be fair catch Felix, huh? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> ten out of ten times. Ten out of ten times. There's no way you're gonna catch me sounding like Kirk Cousins with his ribs exploded. Absolutely not. Well, uh, a lot of people were surprised that the 49ers left their starters in as long as they did yeah. in their easy victory over the Steelers because uh, they were afraid someone would be injured. Right. But as Matt Barris pointed out today in The Athletic, this goes back to, I'm sure you remember this if you're a 49er fan, 2021, the opener in Detroit, and the 49ers, remember that was when Jimmy let them downfield, and then they're in the red zone, Trey Lance comes in, yep. and they score a touchdown, yep. and Jimmy's Two looking around like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think Mark Sanchez is doing the game going, hey, they can't do that. But anyway, the 49ers were ahead 38-7. to Third quarter, they took all their big-name players out, took all the marquee players out, and then the Lions scored 23 straight points, and they barely won. The 49ers barely won, and Kyle Shanahan has never pulled his starting <laughs> crew early since that game. Yeah, it's that fateful, fateful day. I mean, you know, it's kind of very – on brand like again they just they seem to to really be traumatized by these things that happen and they make it well, like a core yes, staple of yes, who they are yeah not doing it's that fi- again it's fine like again it's it's a good way of risk management but you know you're gonna you're, you're playing a risk like you're kind of playing a game when you when you're gonna keep your starters in for as long as what they did i don't have too big of a problem with it but you know i i you know, whatever. It's one of those things that you're fine until the one time someone gets hurt, then, you know, you're going to catch a bunch of hell for it. Have you ever heard his explanation for why he doesn't like to throw Hail Marys at the end of the first half? Uh, probably because the stats show that it's actually not that efficient of a play or something. That may be, but what he, what Kyle Shanahan yeah. says yeah. is his dad told him not to do that. Because if you do that and say your quarterback, say he throws a pick. Then yeah, the quarterback, it, that's in his mind. Then he throws another pick in this, the start of third quarter. Sure. Then in his mind, I got two picks already, and he doesn't want to throw the ball. So Sure. I mean, I've never thought You told have to know how yeah. crazy you sound Mike told right Kyle, now. just don't, don't do it. And Kyle's like, yeah. I mean, so they don't do that, and that's why. Because they don't want to get it in the quarterback's head if he throws a pick. Because quarterbacks I are guess. very delicate. I mean, I guess, like – that, it, Could you I imagine it, telling that to Patrick Mahomes? That's what I'm saying. Like, I think it depends on who your quarterback is. Like, I could see Kirk Cousins maybe thinking that way because you know his, you know, a lot of his perception is kind of based on numbers. And if Kirk Cousins has 14 interceptions at the end of the season, then people are going to use that against him. But yeah, oh, like, Kirk. Ah. I need to stop using him as an example. But if Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen well, Kyle has did 14 used to picks, coach Kirk Cousins. I don't yeah. know when this all started, how far back it goes. Maybe it goes back to Kirk. Uh, yeah. Coming up next, we have um, the real reason behind one of week one's biggest upsets. And I, it, we're not coming after you on this. I it's think okay. It's an interesting story they that we need to talk there. about. Yep. Yeah, next year, Whitey and Watkins on Sackdown Sports. On the YouTube chat here, you know, we were just talking about celebrations and baseball. Now, some people still have an issue with some of the celebrations. Uh, we have this from Beeman. Sign a glove, throw it to the stands, flip off the other team, do a TikTok dance. I'm here for it. <laughs> seems a little, some of those seem a little excessive, but. Uh... Yeah, you flip off the other team. Uh, you're ah, going to okay. get dotted, but the rest of it. Oh, We're having fun. fun. The TikTok dance, I'm not the biggest fan of. Like when you remember when Juju Smith Schuster was like going to 
you know, the pregame, he was doing the dances on all the, uh, the, the like midfield logos. That was like, I was kind of mm-hmm. whack. I can't mm-hmm. lie. That was kind of childish. Hey, I, now, he's probably talking about football, huh? I yeah. was thinking baseball, but you wouldn't sign your, <laughs> if you're a baseball yeah, player, maybe. you wouldn't sign your glove and throw it in the Actually, stick. I haven't thought stand. about that. That's what I was thinking of. Though, yeah, like he, do baseball players, do they usually probably go through like one glove a season or do they probably keep for them the most over part, year they're, over year? Yeah, they're, that's like part of your I mean, because you obviously want to have it worked in a good amount. Especially if you have one that you like. Yeah, yeah. it's like you don't even want people I guess you could maybe it. sign your batting glove or something, but. Yeah, I've never actually thought about that. That's interesting. But, yeah, I mean, I'm for all of it. I mean, you know, I think there's kind of this – the the millennial era of people played up – you know, grew up playing video games like NFL Blitz and NFL Street and stuff, and a lot of that game is pretty much celebrating, like, all the the celebrations of that, that are involved in the game. And, you know, Slug – MLB Slugfest was a game that was – I don't know. I just think that there's a lot more – People view sports more for fun and less for intense competition. And I think the more and more that leagues kind of lean into that, I think it's it's for the betterment of the league. Players used to police some of that themselves, yeah, and now the right. rules are such that they can't. Right. I'm not saying that's good or bad, but right. for example, in baseball, Throw at somebody, if somebody, yeah. you know, if a pitcher didn't like where you were standing, or mm-hmm. you know, you hit a <laughs> it home run, be yeah. that simple, yeah, too, yeah. It? yeah, you'd get, uh, you know, they'd yeah. at least buzz the tower, and now yeah. a guy buzzes the tower, it's a warning. You do that again, and you're out of the game. Right. And sometimes, I mean, they're like, oh, no, that was egregious, and we'll just throw you out without warning. Yeah. There's there's tons of different ways. And, I mean, even charging the mound the other way. Like, you, people would charge the mound if you did, weren't happy with the pitch and all that stuff. I mean, it's probably good that it's out of the league. But. What do you think of uh, Milano, the linebacker for uh, Buffalo? He yeah. got He was penalized for intercepting a pass and then standing over Zach Wilson. It was a pretty bad throw in, in Milano's defense. Like, he did throw it right at him. So, I would have been like, dude, did you mean to do that? Because you literally threw it right at me. Uh, that's... That's not great. Like, you know, it's one of it's whatever. I mean, it's he's not hurting him. He's not stepping on him or anything. It's one of those things that, you know, if you're a fan of the Jets, it really upsets you. It's like, hey, he can't do that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of harmless and it's just trash talk. I may be overthinking it, but to me, the value in that is that you don't want to show, or at least I wouldn't want to show players at lower levels, high school and lower, that that's, sure. that's what you do. Yeah. That's very fair. Like, think about the kids. I mean, sure. I, I really do think Maybe that, that's an old-fashioned way to look at it, but I don't I think, want to show Pop Warner kids yeah. that, yeah, you get in his face and embarrass him. I definitely think it's an old-fashioned way of thinking, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad way of thinking. Like, I, you know, that also is kind of a balancing act that I think a lot of leagues have to, have to balance. And, I, you know, I do think that there is a level of respect for the game and for your opponent that sometimes is missing in the sake of entertainment and – you know, you definitely see it. Like, I mean, if I don't know how many youth sporting events you go to, but there's kids are crazy, man. Kids will talk trash. They'll get in people's faces. They'll yell at referees. Like, definitely that stuff has impact. And, you know, that's where, you know, it's a debate as old as time. Charles Barkley, I'm I'm not a role model. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a conversation that I think's always been in sports. And I think it's going to continue to do it because whether they think about it or not, like they are, you like can kids be. do watch them. Yeah, yeah you can be you a role model. Be. It's up to you if you want to be or not. It really almost isn't up to you. Like, I mean, kids decide. Like, you know, kids will just, kids will love whoever, and it's not really up to the players if kids latch on to that. Like, kids will love John Morant. It's not up to John Morant if he wants to be influential. 
kids have already decided that he right. is. Right, it's you a know? good point. I just mean it's up to the player to decide if he wants to try to, to be embrace a good it. example yeah, or it's not. a good example, and, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Charles Barkley feels like, that's not my job. Yeah, okay, it's not. That's, it's your choice. Yeah, though. yeah. Yeah, uh, this was the choice of um, one of Baker Mayfield's teammates, and I don't, I don't think it was a wise choice. And again, oh. I want to be careful about this story because it has to do with what happened <laughs> it's okay. to your Vikings. It's okay. Um, let's see here. Yeah, okay, we have... Uh, Baker Mayfield, first of all, Baker Mayfield um, was asked, how did you guys turn the game around? And he said that, uh, well, you know, we tempo, we, we we picked up the tempo. But his teammate, Rashad White, said, no, 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 this is what really happened. This is the real reason why our offense turned around against the Vikings. Like, Bate came in the locker room like, I mean, literally at halftime. He said, I got it, like. We got all these signals. Like, we in there talking, like, as an office. Like, he's like, I know all these signals. If they do this, they're going into cover two. They do this, they're going into cover three. Every time I alert this, they drop him, and they do this signal, they drop him back to this. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, that's amazing. Cause I mean, like, I'm, I know certain coverages, but I'm, I don't know a lot like that. But I would just listen to him. We would just listen to him, and we just kind of understood. Hmm. hmm. So that's what happened. I don't know if I believe it. Baker that. Mayfield picked up all the Vikings' defensive <laughs> signals. I, and Rashad I, White says, "Yep, he explained them to us, and yep, he had them." I mean, this I'm game like, has yeah. an asterisk on it. <laughs> Sounds like cheating to me, he man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't really believe that. Just for the sake of, I mean, the Vikings. Literally, I would have believed this last season. The Vikings had a really uh, simple defense under Ed Donatel, and this off season they switched to Brian Flores. And the thing about Flores's defense is, are they supposed to be highly complex and supposed to really confuse you? Where where blitzes are coming from and, and where people are dropping in the zone. So I have a tough time. Maybe he's just really familiar with it for some reason. I'm trying to think if Baker, I mean, he, he spent some time in Cleveland last year, but I don't think Flores was the DC in Pittsburgh while he was there. So maybe he just has a level of familiarity with that specific defense, but I have a tough time believing it because I mean, literally the reason why the Vikings brought in Brian Flores was to complicate things on the defensive end. I don't think he's bluffing or making it up, in my opinion, yeah. because it's so detailed what Rashad White sure. says. And he's talking about they're going into cover two if they do this. And, um, you know, they're dropping back into this with this signal. And he said, and he goes through a few examples there. He doesn't yeah. get too specific. Uh, but you compare that to Patrick Peterson last week, who was clearly right. bluffing when he said, yeah, they've got some tells. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to intercept two passes. Because here's the thing. Got two touchdowns thrown on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, he was bluffing because if you have a tell, you don't talk about it. And that's why if I'm Baker Mayfield uh, and I read this, I'm going, why is he telling everyone that we have their signals? Yeah, because guess what they're going to do? Change up their signals. We don't have their signals anymore. Exactly. Einstein, thank you. But you got to look at it from the other thinking of it because in the NFC South, they're going to be playing against the Vikings. So you want them to change it up so they beat the play, the teams in their in their uh, division, I right? Guess. Yeah, I mean that's like really galaxy brain, but I mean it sounds. It <laughs> hey, sounds I play like, forty chess, Chris. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like Baker does too. So who knows? Maybe. So you're I, saying you want to reveal it so that they'll change them, so no other teams. So the teams that are in their division yeah. lose to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's. Sure. I mean, I'm willing to – if Baker Mayfield – if I'm supposed to believe that Baker Mayfield really diagnosed the Vikings defense like he's Peyton Manning and uh, that's Chris, the reason why the Chris. Vikings lost, then I guess I, Chris's logic is just Chris. as sound to me. Chris. Which one? Me, Chris. It 
it happened. Okay, we just need, <laughs> we just need you to to acknowledge that it happened, and we need you to be yeah. okay, okay with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not hard for me to believe that the Vikings defense was bad. They've been bad before, but it's yeah. I mean, sure, whatever. Maybe, maybe you know what I'm gonna say. I'll spin this. Let me let me t- let me let me try a different take here. Let me bring this car back. Maybe it's just you know it's early in the season. It's week one. It's just simple defense still. You know, Brian Flores' defense is so complex that you can't really get into, like, the the nitty-gritty, the intricacies of the defense until, you know, you've been in it for a while. So, yeah, maybe maybe it is a simple defense in week one. That's that's what I'm going to go with. How about that? Does that still sound like I'm in denial? Yeah, a little okay. bit. Oh, oh, wow. By the way, that uh, NFC South, huh? Woo! Stinker. Um, you look stinker. at points scored yeah. four teams. <laughs> Falcons scored 24, Bucks scored 20, Saints scored 16, and all those teams won, and uh, the <laughs> Panthers scored 10. So in that division, that division combined to score fewer points than the NFC East, even though the Giants got shut out. <laughs> I wonder if there's going to be a division that has more, more, or I guess le- more losses than that than the NFC South does wins. Because I'm really curious, like how bad that division's going to be. Well, you know they do have to play, as you well know. They have each to play other each other, right? Twice. And they're going to beat each other up. I'm sure. Like I don't. Th- I think the Saints are the best team in that division, but I mean, I think Tampa Bay's defense is legit. After watching them on Sunday, if you know, I'm the Falcons. I'm feeling halfway decent about things right now, at least in I terms guess. of getting out of my division. Sure. I mean, Desmond Ritter, I think threw for like 115 yards on, like I think it was 15 of 18. We're running so. the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just I, I don't know how you get excited about any of those teams. And uh, you know, Derek Carr, I don't Derek Carr had a really cool uh mic'd up moment. I don't know if you saw that where he pretty much called the game winning play. He was like, Let's throw deep to Shahid again and then I mean that was really the play that, that sealed the game for him. I thought that was really cool, but uh yeah, I mean that division is it's it's really terrible. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. Somebody's gotta win it. Somebody. Uh- Coming up next, there are a lot more Patriot fans around here today. We'll tell you why next on Whitey and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Check out Whitey and Watkins now on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and watch the show from your desk. Coming up via the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Whitey Gleason, Chris Watkins. You know, I just don't know what to believe anymore, Chris. And I'd heard that uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, you know, they were dating after Travis Kelsey had tried to meet her backstage at one of her shows and he wasn't able to. Uh, But Travis Kelsey, let's see here, a source tells... Entertainment Tonight, and I can't think of a better source, frankly. Uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are not officially dating. So Yeah, I didn't believe this for a second. I just didn't. Oh, Ed Sheeran was on my mind. I hate you. I hate you. I just, I, <laughs> I just didn't think it was going to be a thing, you know? It yeah, just doesn't I, seem like, feels like Travis is a little bit, I shouldn't say too big for, for Taylor, because I guess she's dated some hmm. pretty notorious men but i don't know it just doesn't seem like a, a relationship that would i wouldn't have picked them together yeah. well, you just that got that maker. sense I, I you're the source i said i don't know who to believe 
I need to believe you when yes. we get these stories. Oh about yeah, for sure. Celebrity I dating because you, you just have that sense of yep. Is Simone back there? Simone is like an she just stepped out, and I don't know why because this is set up completely for her. This is literally her. for Simone, and I, I have so many questions to, for Simone. To be fair, she's probably listening on the hallway, and she's sprinting, sprinting over here back right to Baker. No worries. I mean, this it's not like this story's going away anytime soon. <laughs> I literally right? hear her stomping <laughs> over here. There she is. Simone. Yes, what was the question? I'm so out of breath. <laughs> I heard it, and everyone's so mad at me. Okay, what was the question? Did you hear about this Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, potentially dating? Yeah, did I believe it? Yes. I don't think she would take him on, as unbelievable as that sounds. That's exactly how I feel. She's mm. the bigger star. Oh, 100%. Like, not even close. close. Yeah, Yeah, not even close. She's not making a friendship bracelet with her number on it to throw at Travis Kelsey at a at a Chiefs game. Yeah, that's the thing. She probably is like, ugh, he's a fan. Like, I don't think. No, she's probably like, ugh, he's a tight end. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need at least a quarterback. Yeah. Do you think he's at least on her fantasy team? Probably not. She's obviously on his fantasy team, but yeah, that's a different... Yeah, big time. Yeah. Probably not. Like, you know, she Taylor seems like she would be a late tight end kind of gal. Like a Hawkinson? Know. Yeah, Hawkinson. Maybe Goddard, you know? Everybody always tries to pick up, you know, Mark Andrews and Kelsey so early. Not T-Swift. That's she, a good point. She's, she's a vet. She knows she knows her way around a fantasy league or two, so she, she probably gotcha. waited a little bit and was gotcha. going for the more of the value guys, you know? Do you know any people around here who are Patriots fans? Anybody in the I area? I used to, yeah. There used to be one pretty prominent one. But, uh, yeah, no, not anymore. I, I do know one. Yeah? Yeah. Because I, I'm wondering if there are going to be more now because Ian Book from Oak Ridge. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He's a member yeah, yeah. of the practice squad of the New England Patriots. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. I, I think that's their – Sacramento's – I can't think of any other quarterbacks that have been from Sacramento area that have gotten drafted. I mean, that's – that's cool for Jake Ian Book. Browning, did he go anywhere? Oh yeah, Jake Browning. He was from Folsom. He was Joe Burrow's backup. I don't know if he still is. I don't think he still is, but I know he's still around. I want to say he's with the Giants now. But Jake Browning was uh, who was the Jesuit was quarterback the that Carmaz- Gio Carmazzi? Yes, yeah, the Carmazzi's absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't uh, the UC Davis quarterback too, wasn't he? JT O'Sullivan, Ken O'Brien. Ken O'Brien, yes. yes. Ken O'Brien was who I was thinking Jake of. Jake yeah, Browning James. is on the Bengals practice squad. Is he really? Okay. Oh, wait, uh, no, no, he was on the Vikings. It says he Bengals. was on the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, looks like he's on the roster for the Bengals. Wow! Shout out Jake Browning, who I still believe I could be wrong, but he had the uh, the California record for yards and touchdowns in high school. Browning entered the game the final minutes of the fourth quarter in Week One against the Cleveland Browns, failing to complete his only pass attempt. Oh, he almost had as many yards as Joe Burrow in that game. So that was a busy more. day for Ian Book because I believe yeah. he worked out with right. the 49ers. Yeah. yeah, and then the Patriots signed him to the practice squad. Yeah, so. I mean that's that's awesome. And uh yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's a couple more Patriot fans because of it now. And he went to he, I think I believe he was a Notre Dame quarterback too, wasn't he? Yes, sir. I think so. So yeah, I mean that's uh that's great for him, but it's just it's uh speaking more to like Sacramento Hills, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean Folsom and, and all those that's Folsom I was looking at a list of all the Sacramento athletes in the NFL right now, and there's an astounding amount of kids who are just from Folsom. I mean, you mentioned uh, the uh, the Bengals and them having Jake Browning. Their starting left tackle, Jonah Williams, uh, who also went to Alabama, uh, was a four-year starter at Alabama, as a matter of fact. Uh, he's from Folsom as well, went to Folsom High, played with Jake Browning. 
Uh, there's a couple more. Shaq Thompson, of course, on the Carolina Panthers. He's been there for a really long time. He went to Grant. He's from Sacramento. Um, Eric Armstead, of course, went to Pleasant Grove. He's uh, still been representing the Niners. Mm-hmm. I think you. I think you told me earlier he's the longest tenured 49er right now. I believe at nine years. Yes, I believe that's. true. I mean, that's incredible. It I is. Mean, I. I I, you know, Eric was somebody who I played pee. My I grew up around the Pleasant Grove uh, High School, and I played peewee there for one year. And you I just against remember, him? No, not against oh. him in the Pleasant Grove system. I think it was literally as he went to high school. You I should was just say you played against him. Sure, why not? Yeah, I was going against Eric Armstead almost daily, and uh, you know, I, some say that you know I really was the one who made him believe he could go to the NFL. Because um, when he was going against me every day, he was like, "Wow, if I can." If I can go against Chris like this every day, then you know the NFL is is definitely. If in I can my get around future. the wet blanket, as they call him, because yeah. <laughs> just all encapsulating yeah. and yeah, you know, it's like a yeah, it's like a weighted blanket. Yeah, you just it's hard to get up. Uh, yeah, I mean he, he, everybody would talk this about guy is. <laughs> everybody would talk about Eric Armstead and just how ridiculous uh, he was, and obviously his brother as well went to USC. His dad has been coaching. I believe the Oakland Soldiers AAU team for a while, and that's produced tons of NBA players. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. working out Gabe Vincent's yeah. even still today. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, yeah, just the local talent here is crazy. Yeah. And then, of course, Jordan Ford, who uh, just signed yeah. a uh, contract with the Kings. Uh, I think it's just been a training camp invite so far, but we assume that's going to go We saw that coming in contract. Summer League, though. He's going to yeah. be on the team one way or the other. Yeah, and uh, he was fantastic to watch at Folsom. And, uh, yeah, it's just just Sacramento. It's crazy to see how many athlete, athletes are coming out of here these days. It used to be a big baseball town. It still is, but now yeah, other sports sure. as well. Sure, Reese Hoskins, man. Absolutely. Yes, we, still yes. got, we still got a couple kids kicking up there in baseball. But, um, yeah, it feels like football is, is definitely – uh, you know, Sacramento is really becoming a good pipeline for football, which I did not see coming. Speaking of fans and wondering about Patriot fans now with Ian Book on the Patriots practice squad, years ago I did something uh, for a radio station at Buns & Company, which unfortunately is no longer there, but there was a – it was a Buns & Co.? Yeah. Okay. It was a Sunday night game, and the Patriots were playing. There was a ton of Patriot fans there. Mm-hmm. So I know there are a lot of Patriot fans, but aren't there still a ton of Viking fans in the area? Yes. Aren't there There's places where you could go to watch a game where the, you yes. know – there are going to be a lot of Viking yeah, fans. Yeah, I haven't looked it up yet, but there's definitely a ton Vikings, of Vikings. Steelers still. Yeah, Steelers, uh, even Eagles. I've seen a couple Eagles bars around here. Um, yeah, of course, like Cowboys, They ruined Steelers. the limelight. That's exactly that right. That used to really? be my spot, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, now it's now an Eagles it bar. Was like a, it's like a bar of locusts now. They all just oh, jump no. on it. <laughs> Gross. Uh, limelight's a wonderful establishment, but uh, yeah. Oh, I love the limelight. That's my favorite spot, except on Sundays. Except <laughs> Sundays, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of. That's why, like Sacramento, I don't like. Yes, there's tons of Niner fans here. There's also a really big handful of Raider fans as well. Sure. But it's a transplant town, and I think the the football scene really does personify that. Like you you can, if you were to knock on ten different households, I really think you would find six or seven different fandoms. Like I, I do you think, think if I was a Browns fan and I'm not, do you think if there's a Browns fan, there's like, oh yeah, go here, so and so on Sundays, all the Browns fans in Sacramento probably gather. Probably not Browns. Like there's probably a handful of teams that just don't have that much spread. And I feel like the Browns, the Jacksonville Jaguars and like 
I don't. I haven't met many Titans. We've done this exercise yeah, before, yeah. but like, I, I don't think there's many Titans fans, you know, strolling around Sacramento. All right, hang on. I know we got some uh, people on the line there. Hang on, if you could, please. We appreciate it. Three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. Coming up next, an unexpected cowboy compliment for Brock Purdy. What's that about? It's next year. Whitey and Watkins on Sacktown Sports. <laughs> 